We're going to start off today's show talking about Ohio State fans. I put out the word on Twitter Saturday night. I said, hey, oh, Buckeye fans, you watched Michigan last week. You were on by. You've been watching them today. Ohio State played early. Michigan played late. What's the vibe out there on the Buckeye fan base, how they're thinking about this Michigan football team, and really how it relates to their own football team that's going to lead today's Michigan football report. Right after that, we're going to talk about Jim Harbaugh, his future, his contract. Should he be one of the highest paid coaches, not just in the NFL, in the college football, but maybe even the NFL? Absolutely, in my opinion. But this whole contract thing, as he mentioned today, has lingered on for now three and a half years after he took a uh, pay cut after the 2020 Michigan football season. And beep, 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 we have a $25 winner, winner Daniel Vandebunt. Uh, his handle on there is at Vandebunt T. Uh, Daniel, first guy. Now, there's several people. I think it was many as four or five, predicted the score last week correctly. Daniel, though, got his in on Monday. He was the first one on last Monday video. 52-10 was his prediction. Some shout-outs to other people. Chase Bonema, Eric Martin, they were on Monday's video just minutes after. I think Chase is actually just minutes after Daniel, so uh, shout-out to Daniel for getting in first. Also had a couple more, Jimmy Donnelly and Jeremiah Simone on the community post that we put up on the channel. I think it was Saturday morning. Unfortunately... Community posts, it's really tough to tell what time people get those posts in, and uh, the call to action for the $25 was on the videos. Shout out to those guys, Jimmy Donnelly, Jeremiah, uh, Simone, Eric Martin, and Chase Bodema, but only one person can win, and that is Daniel. So Daniel, go back to Monday's video, reply back, or just comment today. I'll look for your name, your Venmo username. I'll hit you up with $25 here for predicting the score correctly, 50 to 10. We don't really have many people who have predicted the score, so shout out to Daniel. All right, a lot of things to talk about. Also, J.J. McCarthy's Heisman Trophy campaign. It's the Michigan Football Report by Chat Sports. Let's go. I got like 115 replies to my tweet at halftime. I said, Ohio State fans who watched Michigan last couple weeks, and it was only halftime, right? But Michigan was clearly dominating at the half, despite giving up that touchdown right before halftime. Just uh, sometimes mind-boggling. You could dominate the game and still do that. And I'm going to go through my top five or six replies just to give you guys a vibe on the Michigan football team from the Ohio State perspective. But one more time, I'm going to ask you one more time because we had our staff meeting this morning. I had to go in there and you know, have my tail between my legs. Didn't hit the 28,000 subscribers like we needed to last week at 27,963. Got to hit it today. So if you're a Michigan football fan, subscribe to the channel. If you're already subscribed, send it to your friends, send it to the text group, share it to Facebook. Because I was told if we don't hit 28,000 today, just like, or else, or else, I'm not sure what it means. The, uh, the big wigs at Chat Sports just making threats out there. I'm not sure if I'm going to be fired, but was told 28 today or else. So subscribe to the Michigan Football Report. So let's go through some of these Ohio State football fans tweeting back at me on their take on Michigan. Nate says, not quite as dominant on either side of the ball as last year. McCarthy is very good, but yet to be tested as a good defense. Very true. I like the McCarthy thing is probably true. It hasn't been tested. I'm not sure if you can say Michigan's not as dominant, uh, but that's why it's their opinion and not mine. It'll be tough for them to beat both Ohio State, Penn State, uh, also true for both those teams. That's all going to happen. Ohio State, Penn State coming up in less than two weeks, October 21st in Columbus. Two weeks after that, it is or actually three weeks after that, is Michigan and Penn State. And two weeks after that, November 25th, is Michigan, Ohio State at the Big House. How about Carson C.M. C. McCray, I guess it is, uh, 13. He's his number one team in the country at this point. 
one side of the rivalry is not respecting the other. And if you dig in there, what does he mean by that? I think he means Ohio State. Right? He's an Ohio State guy. He's an Ohio State writer. And um, the side of the rivalry not respecting the other, that's got to be Ohio State. They're 5-0, they're and okay? They're undefeated. But have they looked like a dominant team? I was surprised. Jack, I'm not sure if you were surprised or not. Number three in the country, right? Like, are they really number three team in the country right now? I'm not really sure. They struggled early on with Maryland. I think he's trying to say Ohio State's play right now is not respecting the fact that Michigan has looked as the most dominant team in college football after six games. How about this one? Pretty interesting. Because I was having a conversation yesterday. I was thinking, you know, has there been a college football team through six games that has been this dominant as Michigan has, just from a yardage, a score perspective, everything? I was thinking, let's go back and look at 2019 LSU compared to this Michigan team. Dylan Everyday says the 2023 Michigan team compares to that 2019 Ohio State team that – up there with LSU that probably should have been a much better national championship game than the Clemson LSU one that we got. And that 2019 Michigan that got blown up by Ohio State really struggled on offense all year long with Josh Gaddis as the new offensive coordinator. They resemble that struggling team, this 2023 Ohio State team. I kind of maybe think they're a little Dylan, so shout out to him for that reply. Connor saying this, he's saying, I still think they haven't played anyone yet, no one yet, a little broken English there, uh, but my Buckeyes as well. Um, the Terps are 5-0 about tied at halftime. I think both teams play against Penn State will tell how good they are. Yeah, fair comment. Ohio State's going to get their shot at the Nittany Lions uh, coming up first, and Michigan really doesn't have anybody who's going to compete with them, at least in my opinion, until that Penn State game, which is just a little under five weeks away from now. Sean says, my honest opinion, you guys have the type of team that might be the best team in the nation, but with zero chance of winning at all. Okay, okay fair, right? Michigan hasn't done well in the postseason. Uh, I just don't worry about y'all winning a national championship. Probably the best in the Big Ten, though. Ask you this question, because you saw a few people in there, and if you go to this thread, it was right around halftime on Saturday. I'll put the thread, the whole tweet down there, so you can see all these 100-plus Buckeye responses. I'll put it in the description. People are saying, Michigan isn't as good this year as last year, which I, frankly, at this point, disagree with. So let me know in the comments, better Michigan football team this year's bunch, the 2023 team, or 2022. Just comment the year down in the comments below the video. Let me know. Okay, take a little straw poll, see what the Michigan football fan base is thinking. All right, coming up in a couple weeks, 21st, October. I think it's a bad decision, right? Um, one, because I think Michigan's going to absolutely blow out Michigan State, whether it's in Spartan Stadium or at Michigan Stadium. But after the melee, the absolute brawl in the tunnel outside the locker rooms last year, I think there's going to be a lot of height. And your guy, Rima, your guy, Valenti, said Michigan fans shouldn't even go to Spartan Stadium. It's going to be mutiny. You're going to be assaulted. They're going to kidnap you, take you to a basement in East Lansing, and you know, pluck your uh, eyebrows out and torture you all night if you go to this game wearing any Michigan gear. Now, I think Michigan might have more fans in the stands in this game based on how bad Michigan State's been, but it's going to be a booze-fueled, revenge type of game. There was a brawl after the game last year. Are there going to be brawls in the, uh, the tailgates and in the stands afterwards? I hope not, but with this game being a night game, um, you might have some of that happening here for Michigan and Michigan State. A little revenge after the brawl in the tunnel after last year's also night game, Michigan beatdown of the Spartans. It is time to talk Jim Harbaugh's contract. That is the big focus this week because you've got less than five weeks until Michigan plays Penn State. In my opinion, once that game kicks off, once Michigan travels to Happy Valley on a Friday afternoon, November 10th, for that game next day, a noon game, I think Jim Harbaugh is going to shut it down. He's not going to want to discuss his contract anymore. He's going to wait till after the season 
We saw what happened the last two years. Once that happens, then he's focused on the bowl game. He's focused on the college football playoff. Right after that happens, the, the big the NFL comes calling. So I think Michigan has less than five weeks to get it done. Harbaugh was asked today about his contract. Here's the first quote he said that I want to bring to you. He says, you want to be somewhere where you're wanted, where they, want, where they tell you, uh, where they like what you do, and your bosses tell you that. So he wants a little bit, good job, Jim, you're doing great, from his boss, Ward Manuel. And then he says, are you feeling the love? Do you feel that's how things are going here at Michigan? He says, yeah, I do. It's been about three-and-a-half-year thing going back to the t- – I think it's actually his math is off here. I also only think it's like a two-and-a-half-year thing. But uh, okay, three-and-a-half-season thing, maybe. Eventually, they'll get it put in the contract. I can't say that anymore clearly. I'm definitely open to that. I think I've shown that through the years. Well, have you really shown it? Because you, you went to Minnesota two years ago, January of – early February of 2022 – uh, 20, yeah, 2022, you went to Minnesota to interview for the Viking job. Then you talked to the Broncos. You talked to the Panthers last year. So uh, have you been that clear? I don't necessarily think that is the case. But it seems like Jim Harbaugh, at least at this point, is open to a contract extension. So that is the big focus of this show. I'll tell you more about that here in a second. But did want to tell you about today's presenting sponsor, and that is Prize Picks. If you guys have been watching the show the last few weeks, I am low-key, even high-key, addicted to prize picks the ultimate daily fantasy sports platform that takes your passion for sports to the next level with prize picks just select your favorite athletes in college or the pros and make predictions on their performance for a chance to win big here's what i've got going on tonight in monday night football packers raiders going jordan love less than 244 yards passing josh jacobs less than 74 and a half yards rushing hunter renfro more 18 and a half yards that's crazy. He hasn't really done much of this season at all. And then Jimmy G, I'm going to go more for him over 242 and a half yards at home. Put up 10 bucks in this. Four players, if I get them all right, like I did last Monday, right? Last Monday was uh, three to win. Was it three to win 25? I think it was. This one, I got a little odds boost. Put down 10 bucks to win $100, folks. So if I uh, get all four of those, all you just have to do is pick more or less for the. Uh, the listed stat projections that prize picks get you. I lost the, my Michigan one this week. J.J. McCarthy, one more yard or a half yard more than his prediction. Kyle McCord, Ohio State, went way over the prediction for him. You know who let me down, Jack? It was Diamond Edwards. It's 49 and a half yards. Only had 20 yards. Let Jack down, too. So I've lost back-to-back weeks uh, predicting that the Don would have a breakout game. Prize picks is the easiest and fastest way to play daily fantasy sports. I'm not a daily fantasy guy. I've been more of a sports gambler, but I've been all over prize picks launching the app every single day. Get a 25 times uh, return on your money if you pick up the six players and get more or less correct and get a $100 first deposit match at prizepicks.com slash CLNS. Use promo code CLNS when you make your first deposit. That's prizepicks.com slash CLNS. The link and the promo code are both down in the comments and the description of today's Michigan Football Report. So the top 10 paid head coaches in all of college football. And we showed this last week, so you guys might have already seen this graphic. But I do want to just emphasize what player, what coaches are making, what kind of money, and where Jim Harbaugh is at. So Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney, Kirby Smart, all those guys have won multiple national championships. Ryan Day's been to three of the last four college football playoffs at Michigan State. Mel Tucker's not even coaching college football right now. He's more worried about Jack. I'm not going to say it again, Jack. I'm not going to say it again. Uh, what he did on the phone with Brenda Tracy. He might have got railroaded in that whole thing. But uh, Brian Kelly, two losses so far. Jimbo Fisher just lost. Mark Stoops gave up 50 points to Georgia. He's making more than Harbaugh. Josh Heupel, kind of a one-year thing in my opinion 
And then Lane Kiffin, James Franklin there making more than Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh, the 12th highest paid coach in college football at $8.25 million. My takeaway is this. Harbaugh sells three years in his contract after this year, but it's at these $8 million numbers with some incentives is rip that up. You don't want to, I don't think you want to get in one of these situations like Jimbo Fisher, a 10-year contract and all this crazy stuff because you don't know how the landscape of college football is going to look next year, the year after. I mean, just think about two years ago when Harbaugh had, two and a half years ago when he took that um, reduced contract, NIL didn't even exist. Transfer portal didn't even exist. You had to sit out a year. So college football, Washington, USC, Oregon, UCLA, now in the Big Ten. Just think of how much the landscape has changed. So don't go 10 years. That's a little crazy. Five years. $75 million, that's the number. Have it starting next season. No NFL team, I don't think at least, is going to match those numbers. We saw what Sean Payton's happening. He's got those kind of numbers with the Broncos. Not really working out that well for Payton and the Broncos this far, this uh, so far this season. That's my number. 575 makes him the number one uh, highest paid coach in all of college football. I'm sure Nick Saban will probably jump up there to match him if that happens, but that's the number. Get it done. You have Harbaugh for the entire length of the five-year schedule that the Big Ten put out 2024 through 2028. I think that's what Michigan needs to do and do it ASAP because once that Penn State game happens, Harbaugh is not going to start discussing his contract. He's trying to win a national championship. Take you through the stats for this team. It's a staple of the show, just giving you guys the updated stats for Michigan on offense, on defense, and where they rank nationally. 414 yards per game, ranks number 51 in the country. We all know why that is. Michigan hasn't played their starters on offense in the fourth quarter outside of one drive against Rutgers all season. McCarthy, 229 in the passing offense, number 72 in the country. Rushing is getting a little better, right? Increasing there, 185, number 37 in the country. And then Michigan is the number 17 highest scoring team in the country at 37.3 points per game. So there's some stats there on offense. Now I want to just identify because I think the totality of the offensive stats aren't showing you that Michigan's some dominant team. Well, why is that? I mean, they're not putting in their starters for the last four to five drives every single game. So clearly the stats won't be up there with teams that are keeping their starters in or have you know, more challenging opponents than Michigan has had. But Blake Corum got in the end zone again on Saturday. He has now 10 touchdowns, is in the sole lead. Remember last week I told you he had their with someone from, where is it, Georgia Southern? Where's the other country? And Marshall running backs. Neither of those guys scored this past week, so now Blake Quorum, 10 touchdowns, leads college football in rushing touchdowns. J.J. McCarthy, fourth in the NCAA-recognized stat of passing efficiency, but on ESPN's QBR quarterback rating, he is number one, but fourth in the NCAA-recognized passing efficiency. Then I saw this website today. I don't even know what it's called. It's like collegefootballrankings.com. I just thought this was kind of a crazy thing. Estimated points per play. Uh, what is it? EPA, what is, is that what it stands for again? It's estimated points accounted for per play. So basically, every time Michigan snaps the ball with J.J. McCarthy under center, and this is way adjusted towards their opponents. I'm not really sure how it works, right? Uh, we're not math guys here at the Michigan Football Report Check, but I trust that if someone puts out analytics, they've got to be true. Basically, every time... Uh, Michigan snaps the ball with J.J. McCarthy at the, at the quarterback. They're getting .73 points every snap, which is higher than Caleb Williams, higher than Tyler Van Dyke, who I'm not sure how he can even go on the field after what happened Saturday night for Miami, the most brutal ending of a game I think I've ever seen in my life for the Hurricanes. Jalen uh, Milrow from Alabama, surprising one there. And then the Red River, River shootout uh, hero, Dylan Gabriel, .668. So McCarthy has a big, you know, just over the fifth place there, has a big gap, but over Caleb Williams, 
J.J. McCarthy the most efficient quarterback in all of college football. I think he can win the Heisman. I said it last week. I think Michigan needs to put all their marketing marbles and you make a decision in the fourth quarter. Do we hand the ball off to Blake Corum or do we have J.J. McCarthy run in or pass in for the touchdown? I think Harbaugh's done a pretty good job of that over the years of making sure that when it comes down to national awards, he'll give the ball inside the five, inside the ten, to the guy who might be up for the biggest awards. I think they're going to push J.J. McCarthy for the Heisman. With Blake Corum taking a big step back, we're going to talk about this on tomorrow's show, how few carries Corum has had this year compared to last year uh, through six games. McCarthy's the best bet for the Heisman at this point. I've got him number four in my updated Heisman Trophy rankings that I put out every single week this year. I'll keep Caleb Williams in there, although I'd feel dirty having him there at number one because they needed triple overtime to beat kind of an average Arizona team um, on two-point conversions on Saturday. Dylan Gabriel pops up. I think I had him like number six or seven last week. He's up to number two after that last-minute drive to beat Texas. Bo Nix at Oregon didn't play. McCarthy now jumps from seven or eight last week up to number four after his three-touchdown performance, two in the ground, one through the air, 70% passing again. Michael Penix didn't play. Brock Bowers, big-time two-week stretch he's had the last two games for Georgia. Quinn Ewers drops from two down to seven. Jordan Travis, Jaden Daniels makes his first appearance on this list, I think since the first week. And then Drake May also making his first appearance of this season. Bill Connolly from ESPN, who puts out the SP Plus and all these QBR rankings for uh, ESPN, put in his article today, he said, J.J. McCarthy might be the best QB in college football, but did you know put this little note there, if he ever has to do anything, given that you know Michigan really hasn't been in any competitive games at any point throughout this entire 2023 season. My take is this, if McCarthy is not at least a Heisman finalist, right? At least meaning doesn't win it, doesn't come in second place, not in the four, top four or five. Something goes drastically wrong over these next eight weeks. Either Michigan loses multiple games, McCarthy gets injured, or Michigan just has awful offensive performances and other guys, you know, rocket past him as he's number four on my list. I think most years the Heisman tries to get at least four to five players there uh, in uh, the Heisman finalists in person. So I think something's got to go really wrong for McCarthy not to get there. I think Michigan really should be pushing him as their Heisman candidate. But let me know what you guys think. Saturday night, 14 of 20, over 200 yards, two rushing touchdowns on the ground, one through the air to Colson Loveland. Great J.J. McCarthy's performance Saturday night against Minnesota. A, B, C, D, or F. I'm giving him an A, right? Maybe, maybe an A+, plus because he really didn't do anything wrong at all. Six incomplete passes. Okay, that's, I guess, all you can knock him on. Only one touchdown. All right, that makes sense through the air. But two on the ground. I'm going with an A. Let me know what you guys think. Pluses or minuses, they are allowed. So comment down below how you think J.J. McCarthy did on Saturday. Take a look now on the defensive side of things. Michigan's defense, dominant. Could be the best defense in the history of college football at this point. And that's not hyperbole. That is how dominant this team has been. It took a Minnesota 52 yards passing on Saturday night. 35 of them came in the last play of the half. A Hail Mary touchdown that Michigan should have been prepared for. Had that not happened, Michigan would have given up only three points again, but only given up 17 yards passing on the day. This defense, number three in the country in yards given up, number two against the pass, number 12 against the rush, and number one at 6.6 uh, 6 points a game by a wide margin, number one scoring defense in the country. Outside of that, leading college football by a wide margin. They've had eight times the opponents been in the red zone this year. They've only scored three times. One touchdown given up in the red zone, two field goals, Five of those eight team times, the team is coming away with no points. And how about this stat, Jack? Still lays, still true to this day. Six games. 
Michigan's opponents have not taken a snap inside the 10-yard line. I'm going to repeat that to you again. Michigan's opponents have yet to have a first and goal this entire season. Have yet to take a snap inside the 10 at any point in the game. 40 points given up this year. I think was it four touchdowns, four field goals. Now, all those touchdowns have been long touchdowns. Three of them, two of them have been in the fourth quarter. Uh, one against Rutgers, a long touchdown, and then that long 35-yarder against Minnesota. Michigan's defense, absolutely dominant, just like they did against Ohio State last couple years. Give them sometimes what they want in between the 20s. Absolutely locked down inside the 20. Three out of eight times, Michigan's give up a score in the red zone so far this season. BNC yesterday, just to recap the AP poll, Michigan lost a vote. They had 12 first-place votes last week. Basically, all the uh, Texas votes, I think Texas had 10 or 11, uh, and some others, Ohio State, Florida State had a few. Georgia with their 51-13 to win over Kentucky. Picks up 15 first-place votes. Michigan remains at number two. And I guess Ohio State's kind of just number three by default at this point, although I don't think they have been the number three team in the country. The most impressive thing for me about this Michigan team so far is the third quarter. Fourth quarter, not playing the starters, so you, you know, you, you're up seven points on the year. Michigan scored seven against Minnesota on Saturday. That's the difference there on the season. But look at after halftime. Last year, as I said, Michigan statistically one of the top five teams in college football history last year in the second half in point differential. It wasn't for the fourth quarter. If you just focus on the, thir focus on the third quarter, 76 points scored in the third quarter, not a single point given up in the third quarter through six games. Pretty impressive. You keep that rolling, you're going to crush Penn State on the road. You're going to beat Ohio State. You're going to have the best chance this team's had in 26 years to win a national championship. It's just so damn good at after halftime. I really want to know, Michigan should just film their halftime speeches, Jack. Just bottle it up and sell it at motivational speakers. Give it to like salespeople across the country because if you don't give up a single point, you score 76 points, something they're saying in that locker room or at least schematically how they prepare throughout the week is up there with the best we've ever seen in college football history at the midway point of the season. We got a blowout ready to happen Saturday at the Big House. It's a noon game, big noon kickoff. I'm sure it's not the kind of matchup they were hoping for, but that is what they have. Michigan and a hapless 2-3 and three Indiana team. 34-point favorites, your favorite in the seventh game of the season in mid-October over a Big Ten team by 34 points, basically five touchdowns. I'm not sure if that normally happens for uh, Michigan over the years. 48 points is the over-under, so we're expecting another blowout, of course. This Indiana team in general has been pretty pathetic, needed overtime to beat just Akron a few weeks back. So predict the score down in the comments. I'll go back to the top uh, of the show and let you know the guy's name, make sure we don't forget about it, Daniel Vandebunt. Make sure you comment on today's video or go back to uh, Monday's video from last week. Comment your Venmo name. If you don't have Venmo, we can do Cash App, maybe even PayPal. But let me know how we can get you your $25. Not doing 25 bucks in this show. Might bring it back later in the week, but make your score predictions. Else, uh, you know, Also, see if anybody can match Daniel and get the score right for the second week in a row. Deeper dive on Indiana, 2-3 and three on the year. 0-2 in the Big Ten. Tom Allen's been there for seven straight years. Really, when Mike Hart left to go to Michigan three years ago, this program has fallen off a cliff, and uh, he's 17-37 and 37 in his seven seasons in the Big Ten. Best win over Indiana State, the Fighting Larry Birds. Worst loss, they got crushed, uh, not this past week, the week prior, to Maryland on the road, 44-17. Take a look at their full schedule. Five games, they're coming off a bye this past week. Lost to Ohio State, 23-3, and it's a really boring game to start the year. Indiana State, Lost to Louisville, needed four, I said three overtimes, four overtimes to beat Akron, pathetic, and then Maryland two Saturdays ago. Take a look at my dogs. If you guys have been seeing, it's been a Sunday or a Monday uh, 
feature on the show. You earn your collar if you play up to the ability to uh, be a dog, as Jim Harbaugh said. He's stealing our thunder, Jack. Uh, what does he say? What does he say? It was uh, dignified, not dignified. Determined athlete with grit, right? Stealing my – we roll this out, Harbaugh. You're stealing it in your press conferences, but uh, eight players on offense have earned their collar. They are dogs. McCarthy, Coram, Mullings, Roman Wilson, Quinnius Johnson, Colson Loveland, Zach Sinter, and Carson Barnhart. Over on the defensive side, nine players. No linebackers yet. Kenneth Grant, Chris Jenkins, a lot of, de a lot of defensive linemen, Braden McGregor, Josiah Stewart, Mason Graham. Um, if you think about this, Keon Saab, Mike Sanderson, Will Johnson, and Josh Wallace. I think Wallace got his in that first game of the year. Um, not really sure if he's played up to his dog stats, but if you earn your collar, if you're a dog, you're a dog. You don't have to earn it every single week. Once you're a dog, you're a dog for the rest of the season. So those 17 players are dogs. So let me know who should be a dog. Who are we missing right now? I think an argument could be made for maybe Ladarius Henderson after last week. Um, maybe a couple more players in defense. Ernest Hausman, somebody said I saw on Twitter. Junior Colson have not earned their dog collar yet. So let me know down in the comments who has earned through the play, just in maybe even one game, the status of dog for this Michigan football team so far in 2023. Was told again, I want to remind you guys, 28K today or else we are 37 subscribers away from hitting 28,000. So we need 37 more to get to that number, 28,000. Got to happen today. I'm not even sure what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't want to come into the office unless we get 28,000 subscribers. So hit that subscribe button and send the link to your friends. Share it on Twitter. Share it on your uh, WhatsApp group messages, whatever you are. The Michigan Football Report by Chat Sports. We'll be back Tuesday with another amazing episode of the show. Till then, go blue.